Greetings, uh, folks, uh, guys, gals, and, and, and welcome to another episode of the Specter of Anti-Blackness. Uh, it's still me, your host, and, um, I have just finished watching episode seven of the Underground Railroad entitled, uh, Fanny Breaks, uh, I was wrong a couple episodes ago when I said um, The Great Spirit was the only episode not titled after a uh, place, um, after a state. But it was up until that point. Um, and I haven't seen the show in a while. You know, it's been about a year or so. Um, before we go ahead and jump in and get started on this episode here, like we, per per the norm, per the huge. Um just wanted to address some concerns that had come up, uh, namely with the last episode we recorded about um, Tennessee. Uh, one of the one of the viewers I've been hearing from some folks out, out there um, that uh, I've been missing out on like uh, vital information. Um, for example, in the in the last episode we did, um, there was an overarching uh, narrative about um death and um kind of just a tribute to the um to the ancestors who died through the middle passage and you know Ridgeway saying you know how death isn't easy and all this sort of thing and how slow and painful um the death was that we saw in the episode with uh with with Jasper and all that sort of thing um, and it may just be that, um, maybe I need a little bit more time, uh, so that I, to digest the, um, episodes before I start recording, since I start recording immediately after, um, uh, maybe I need to start recording earlier since I usually record these in the dead of night when I am, uh, very tired or, um, maybe I do need to actually start making some scripts, you know, like kind of have it. Uh, more that way. I'm looking right now, and I don't know if it's just for this episode, but this only has three and a half stars. That is, that's blasphemous. Yeah, I think it's for the whole show. There, it's all saying three and a half. That's crazy. Ooh, what? What? A anyway, um, sorry, not to get off track. Um, so that's something that I'll be thinking about, and uh, you know. Uh, listener input would be great. I know there's not a lot of you. I've got an established audience right now of um, three. It says three on the thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll see what happens. We'll see where things go. Um, if you guys don't like um, the format or the um, or the things I say, or, you know, you feel like I'm missing something. Well, you know, that's what comments are for. Um, also, I guess just, uh, you know, you can always just kick me off the show and make it yourself. That's, that's also an option. Anyway, um, so uh, this is, I, I was kidding, by the way. Don't kick me off my show. Uh, I like this podcast. Um, I've been doing Underground Railroad for a while, but I got some other ideas of stuff I want to do, and um, 
you know, it's, uh, I, I like it, and I think it'll get better with time, maybe. I think it's fine now, honestly. I've listened back to it, and, like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm too long on, um, the not Underground Railroad part of this, so let's get into the, the Underground Railroad part of this. Uh, episode 7, Fanny Briggs. Uh, follows the titular uh, little Miss Fanny Briggs uh, as she escapes from uh, the burning house in North Carolina. We thought that she was dead. At least I did when I first watched it. Man, I I was just like, my heart was so sad. I was like, oh my God, Grace. I thought her name was Grace at the time. Grace is dead. Um, but then we come back in this episode and we learn that no, she's not dead. She escaped down into the Underground Railroad and got on the train. We also learned that her name is uh, Fanny Briggs. That's the name her mom gave her. Grace is the name that uh, the uh, guy uh, in the house gave her. Um, it's a short episode. It's 17 minutes or something like that. Like, it's not very long at all. The, the title came up at the end, and I was like, wait, that's it? And, you know, that was it. It really just existed to be like, hey, uh... Fanny Briggs is fine. She uh, went down to the. She's she's good. There was also a part about a book that kind of went over my head. There was like this book that she found when she went down into the uh, abandoned tunnel, and uh, she kind of just left it there before she crawled through the rubble to get to the other side. And she's like, "I left the book with all our stories." And the railroad lady's like, "The stories are with us. You know, they're in our hearts. We we are our stories. We tell them that sort of thing." I don't know what the book thing was about, but I I guess I get the uh, idea of the of the stories. While I was watching this episode, um, also what we see in there is um, the fates of all the other characters from the North Carolina episode. The Irish lady gets, I assume, beaten to death. Um, the guy we already knew he got shot in the head, but his wife is strung up by her hands. Um, pretty grim fate. Um, but, uh, yeah, as I was watching this, I was kind of just, like, having thoughts in my brain. Like, I was thinking about, um, how heavy on allegory this show is. Um, and I thought about how, uh, Tolkien was, like, really against allegory. I remember hearing that somewhere, reading that. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I think allegory can be a good thing. It's not necessarily bad. Um... I think it's very useful in a lot of situations. Uh, and who's Tolkien, you know? Some some racist white guy. Who cares what he thinks? Anyway, um, there's honestly, like, I thought there wasn't much to say about some of these other episodes. There's really not much to say about this one. Um, I also thought about um, kind of just backtracking because I talked about this uh, in the North Carolina episode. But uh, Grace and the guy, I don't remember his name. Sorry, Fanny Briggs and the guy. Um, Their relationship is very much different in the show, at least what we're seeing, what we're shown, and what we're implied from the show. Uh, she's leaving to go to down into the railroad. She stops, and she gets, like, a little memory of him, I think, as she, like, you know, touches his dead head. Um... And we don't really know much about her story so much in 
the show as we do in the book. Again, I didn't read the book, but I know someone who did, and they said that um, I think she was up in that attic for years. Um, and she was being raped by the guy. Um, so I like how that's not prevalent here, and how she's kind of like I don't know. She's she she seems a different character, I guess. Or I guess the director's trying to take a different way or approach it kind of differently. I don't know. Um, also thought about, uh, what's his name? Homer. Yeah, Homer. Um, briefly. Uh, and about how, you know, she was able to crawl through the, um, the crawl space to get to the other side, through the rubble to get to the railroad. I believe Homer also went down into the hole in the North Carolina episode, but he did not uh find the other side of the rubble and i remember talking and that no it's in the great spirit episode uh with our guest uh host our guest star host um about why ridgeway needs homer or like why is homer so good at um sniffing out cora um I think just because he's a kid, I don't know, or something about like his smarts or something like that. And, um, but he's not quite on the same level as Fanny Briggs here. Um, as she was able to, um, crawl on through there. Also was noted, um, about the last episode, uh, uh, by the, the, the critic out there, uh, said, um, by, by one of the critics said um uh that uh what did they say i forgot already oh yeah that um it's all all the all the guys are dying you know all the men die in the show but the the women seem to uh seem to live on uh namely cora um lovey did not she died but um cora's chugging along and um fanny briggs is still alive um, and that's got to be some kind of, you know, tree on, um, you know, the, the, the targeting of the, of the black man or something. I don't, I don't know, man. There's something in there, I'm sure. Um, a little too deep for my brain right now, which, you know, hey, maybe we'll get back to it. Um, because there are more episodes, three more after this. Um, more characters introduced, more things happen. Still, my, um, favorite part of the show hasn't come up yet. My favorite, like, uh, dialogue or, like, my favorite text. My second favorite text was, um, Ridgeway when he was drunk and he's talking about Manifest Destiny. I thought that was really important. But my sec, my first favorite one, uh, is yet to come up. So, looking forward to that. I don't have much more to say about this episode or just like uh, thoughts in general. Um, so yeah, let's end it there and um, I'll be back uh, soonish. Time is relative. And, you know, if, if I was light, it would be very, I'd, I'd take forever. If I was, um, if I was a planet, it'd probably be speedy fast. You know, if I was a lifetime, 
anyway yeah um next next episode is happening in a few seconds after this short break so stay tuned for that Mm. all right so um uh, welcome back welcome to five seconds in the future um i've just finished watching uh the underground railroad chapter eight indiana autumn um there are two indiana episodes and unlike tennessee we will not be reviewing them together because the first one's in episode eight which is the end of this episode this this uh podcast episode yeah it's an episode and um chapter nine is gonna be the start of the next episode um so yeah a little thing that i'm doing differently here to try and um you know reconcile the two different styles that i've talked about before and um my miles morales uh video or sorry I always call these videos. Um, I've when I was watching, I just put down like I jotted quick notes of like things that I thought was were significant, so that I could kind of just like retrace on that and and uh, pick up on important things I didn't want to forget. Um, because I'm recording this later than I usually do. Um, I started late and also it's the full eighty minutes. It's like a Disney movie, almost. Um, which, by the way, this is off topic, but I watched Encanto the other day. I hadn't seen it for a while. Um, I'd heard some of the songs because my nieces and nephews watch it. and But just quick Encanto tangent. Good movie. Like, really, really well done. It felt so short to me because, like, there was no antagonist. And, like, it was really just, like, here's the beginning um, here's this one issue that they're having, boom, issue solved, movie's over, and I was like, wait, is is this really the end? And no, it was, and it was, I don't know, I liked it, it was, it was, uh, nice, it was, it was, it was good. Um, not something I'm gonna unpack on this podcast, I don't think, um, although argument can be made about, you know, of course, uh, Latin American people, a lot of them are of... Uh, black descent just as much as I am, if not more, you know, depending on who, but that's not really the point here. Um, so, chapter 9, Indiana Winter, no, sorry, that's, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Chapter 8, Indiana Autumn, that's what we're, um, that's what we're talking about today. Okay, so, um, initially it starts, um, with a... A little girl, and she's reading the Declaration of Independence, or reciting it, or whatever. She's, you know, she's saying it out loud. And this is happening um, over the backdrop of uh, this town, this uh, little village, this farm called Valentine, um, which is for black people by black people. It's Fubu. And um, while she was reciting it, I thought about. Um, that joke that Dave Chappelle made one time about how black people wrote the Declaration of Independence 
And I think that's entirely possible. I mean, if they did, uh, it's not like the history books would tell us, right? Um, but I sometimes think, like, you know, uh, the black people, they're writing the Declaration of Independence. You know, they're, they're putting all this, like, strong verbiage in there about freedom and liberty. And they're kind of just, like, giving the, the, uh, the white people the look, like, and they're like, oh yeah, this is really good. Like this is this is good stuff. Where you guys come up with this? It's really nice. <laughs> Not even like, you know, completely oblivious to the fact that um, they're being hypocritical. I don't like to um, cut out my mistakes in here. I just want to put that out there. Anyway, so that happens. That's the thing that's going on. Um, so the backdrop. This this episode has two major parts. In the first part, the backdrop is this um, farm called Valentine, named after one of the uh, founder guys, Valentine. Um, and uh, in the beginning, we're introduced to these two guys. Um, Valentine, who's like this white-passing uh, guy. And then... Um, yeah, the guy whose name I can't remember, and I can only remember Valentine's name because the name of the farm is Valentine. Um, but we're kind of planting seeds right now for the next episode. None of this stuff really uh, pays off just yet. But some of the things that were important. Um, so you got the one guy, Valentine, who's kind of like, um, I saw him, he's like white abiding, like, you know, he's trying to play the system um he's an entrepreneur you know he's got his own ideas for what he wants the farm to, to happen to go to or whatever and then you have the other guy um who's like um he's like the black excellence kind of guys the vibe i got from him um and his kind of flaw in that that i can see or one of the flaws is the um exclusivity he pulls um royal to the side who you know, brought Cora to this place, and, you know, he's, he's like, uh, uh, he's like, uh, you know, basically she doesn't belong, she doesn't fit, she's not, like, you know, enough to be here, because she's a runaway or whatever, and he's like, nah, man, you know, that's not true. I also have in here, since when is living arrogance? Someone says that, I don't remember who says it now. Um, but it was, it felt like a powerful line, um, because, okay, so yeah, it, it was this part with, um, with Royal and the, uh, and the leader guy, um, cause he's like, you know, the white people aren't gonna let us keep this up for longer if we keep parading our arrogance in their face, and he's like, bro, we're just living, we're just trying to live since when is living arrogance, and that is a, uh, very important point, I think, personally. Um, because that's, like, an idea that a lot of people have these days. And, like, you know, we gotta be tiptoeing around. We gotta, like, be walking on eggshells. Um, you know, people gotta teach their kids these days. You know, proper protocol. Like, you gotta hold your hands on the dashboard when the police comes. And announce when you're reaching for your phone. When they ask for your phone. And, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so that's the thing, 
moving on, um, there is a part where they're having like this big dinner outside, and um, I was reminded like watching it. Okay, so like it's just you know all black people, right? And they're wearing clothes that are appropriate for the time, but you can tell that they have their own little like twists and spins and nuances and styles that they're incorporating. Um, and this is where you can kind of see like, you know, the thing that we do, we're making it our own. We're like making this culture out of it. Um, and I couldn't help but think of Juneteenth and I was like, this is what should be celebrated. Okay. So when I first came to Arizona, the year was 2019. Yes. And there was a, um, Juneteenth festival. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's amazing. I want to go check that out. I was very disappointed when I went because it was basically just, like, a bunch of vendors selling, like, you know, dashikis and, like, other, like, African-type things. Um, which is fine. Like, you know, I think it's important to, like, recognize where we come from and try to, like, also honor that going back kind of thing. But also it's really important, like... There's 400 years of culture that we built up while while here in America. You know, you got these, like, everyone's in these nice flashy outfits. The boys were killing it on the violin. Um, and that stuff just, that kind of stuff just was not appreciated. The, um, you know, the way that they talked, this whole language that they had, um, again, like the styles, all that, like none of it was... Um, highlighted at all. It didn't feel like a Juneteenth festival. Um, anyway, that's what I thought about here. New life, new culture, how we've kind of evolved past Africa in this way and coming into our own. Because, you know, the guys are still wearing ties, which is like a very Western thing. We're not like, you know, the women are, you know, since we're in a different society, in some societies in like Africa, especially back in the day, you know, having uncovered breasts is a very normal thing. Um, and we're, you know, we're, that's just not the reality of our situation anymore. Um, doesn't mean anyone's more or less civilized. It's just, uh, you know, they're working with what they got in this new land and this new, uh, life that they have. Um, an idea is, uh, brought up, um, about the two ways that, um, they see the farm going, which again, there's no payoff here. It happens soon though. Um, one idea is to escape out west and try to get away from the uh, white folks to just get far away from as possible. That's what the black excellence guy wants. Or what the, um, the white abiding guy, the entrepreneur, what he wants is to cut the white, is to cut the whites in um, on the uh, wine farm. But then like, things would have, you know, then they'd be in the business, and then it's like, oh, we can't have runner fees, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, you know, now they're in, um, and so we learn a little bit more about how the farm is operating, slave catchers are not allowed on it unless the judge says they can, and they're bribing the judge with, um, wine, because he's, he's an alcoholic, so wine in the month. And in that, we see, like, this exploration of exploiting the system. 
which is the way that a lot of people operate in today's society, which I don't, not going to have anything against, just, you know, something to point out there. Um, and then the final part that I want to address in that little scenario is, um, Cora's talking to Royal, who's like, you know, kind of like, like you know, she, she's explaining everything to her and that sort of thing. And she asks him, is there truly anywhere to escape to? Because they go down to like the railroad, there's an old abandoned railroad down there. And she doesn't, they don't really know if the track started there or ended there, you know? And she's like, is there truly anywhere to escape to or only places to run from? Which I think is, for one, obviously extremely compelling and, and I, you know, that's, that's, actually a good that's a good question to ask. Um, you know, people are like, oh, we should go back to Africa, but there's, you know, is that even, is that really an answer? Short answer, no. Longer answer, there's a lot of logistical and environmental, and just so many reasons why that's just not really possible financially. Um, so many reasons. Like, you know, we got all these people who are like 80 years old who don't plan on leaving. Why should we? We built the country, I won't get too far into it, um, but it's not really that viable of an option. And I, but I also want to say that if there was a perfect answer, you'd be, you'd be doing it because staying isn't really that great of an option either, you know. Um, but anyway, that that little point there also kind of starts to um, sow some seeds of um doubts not in anyone's mind but just in the narrative of the um of the black excellence guys plan of escaping something out west because you know manifest destiny they're coming out west anyway um and also an idea that i have at least um in america is that the um the colonizers now i don't want to just put on a skin color but the Western, I, you know, the ones who hold on to the Western ideology, the colonizers, um, hate black people and, you know, don't like them and kind of want them gone, but also need them in this way to where, you know, kind of run the country and, you know, also the working force and that sort of thing. So it's like they require us even though they don't want us, so it's like, we can't be, but we also can't stay. It's like this really interesting situation. Anyway, that's the main chunk of the episode. There is then a, um, there's then a, uh, like, dream sequence that Cora has, and it's just, like, really heady and cerebral, and I can't gra- grasp it. I can't, like, fully grip my brain around what the hell is going on and what they're trying to say. Like, is she she dead is it like a transitionary place or like i don't i don't know what's happening caesar's there and they dance and it's just a lot and i'm frustrated because i feel like i want to be able to understand what's going on and it's this part just really flies over my head maybe i need just more time to sit with it and try to figure out what's going on um might include it in next week's uh cast but um it was it was nice to watch 
at any rate, even though I was frustrated with not being able to understand it, I did still like it. Um, and that's pretty much all we have for the episode. Um, so yeah, that's another way of um, doing this thing that I might continue to do. I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and close it out here. No need to, to stretch it any longer than it needs to be. I need to, I need to get to sleep, honestly. Got work in the morning. Um, so thank you for listening. And I, I pray that, I hope that um, you are completely comfortably dressed for the weather tomorrow. Um, if it's cold, I hope, you know, your socks keep your toesies pleasantly warm. Um, and your ears are fine and your nose too and your fingies and all that good stuff. And if it's hot, I hope you aren't sweating your, sweating your butt. I hope that, um, you got nice, uh, loose, light clothing. Light in both, um, weight and in color. That, uh, helps to keep you cool. In that um, hot sun. If that's what's going on. If it's rainy, hope you have an umbrella. If it's, uh, you know, snowing, got some mitts or gloves. Um, if it's windy, I hope it's warm. Because, like, wind is just the worst when it's cold out, you know? It's just, like, biting. and It's just, like, knives running through you. It sucks. Um, so if it's windy, I hope it's, like, a nice breeze. Okay, anyway, um, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys. I'll hear, I'll speak into this thing like I am doing now in about a week's time. Good night for me. I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but good night for me. <laughs>